Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 809 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning, Martin Luther King Jr. Day across America. We'll spend some time here in the first part of the show celebrating the life, the legacy, and the message of Dr. Martin Luther King. And let me start that out by saying we're having a conversation that I think is interesting. My feeling that we're further away from Dr. King's dream today than we were when I was younger. And so I'm not saying we're further away than during the civil rights movement of the mid to late 60s. But I feel like we're further away now than we were maybe 20, 25 years ago, that we've moved backwards in race relations. And by Dr. King's dream, I mean taking directly from his I Have a Dream speech. And there was some stuff, some really interesting things that I spent spent some time on the weekend going back over some lesser known uh, King speeches to just kind of get into some of the other messaging that he had. And maybe we'll play that a little bit, but I want to focus on the, I have a dream speech right now. Let me just play you this extended clip. It's only about a minute and it's probably familiar to many of you because this is the speech that we all know. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Position and nullification. Yeah. One day, right now in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. Just a little bit of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s 1963 speech, his I Have a Dream speech on the mall in Washington from the Lincoln Memorial couple of things in there that I feel like we're further away from now than uh, the direction that we were progressing when I was young. And I have a number of reasons that I say that, but I don't know your, th- your thoughts, E. I, you know, it's, well, I'll start with this. It's easy for me to say, oh, no, I think things are okay being a white male. It's, you know, I, I don't have the perspective that someone else would have to say that, oh, no, I think things are fine. Right. However, I do feel like every year... More and more opportunities exist for a person of color. I see more and more relationships of interracial uh, you know, descents, all that type of thing. I see more opportunities that are there for all walks of life, more so than what it used to be. That said, are things perfect? No. Um, but I also firmly believe that the divisiveness, at least some of, which, of what you refer to, are outliers. It's what we're watching on cable TV or what we're reading on social media that I think oftentimes outliers decide to strike upon the divisiveness because it helps get attention, get their point across, get them fundraising, get them whatever they need. So then we enhance and amplify this idea of divisiveness that I don't know is always there. So maybe it may not be right. Your point is that maybe it's what we're talking about 
in the media or what you're seeing or what you read about in social media, right. but that may not actually be the reality. I would be willing to accept that to a degree. Again, I'm saying that as yeah, a yeah. white male. <laughs> like, right. Obviously, no. there's you know other people might have a different perspective. And no one is suggesting, nor would I, that, that America is perfect or ever will be. We are always a work in progress. We were designed to always be a work in progress, to always grow and to evolve. But I mean, even just as front, front end line there, you know, judged by the content of their character, judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I feel like all we talk about now is the color of people's skin. This group is over here and that group is over there. And these folks come from here. And these folks have, we're just dividing out. We're dividing out. We're dividing out. Constantly addressing. Constantly addressing. Fashion. Right. Those things that are different and not in a positive way. Like, Oh, I'm, you know, Sicilian and this is our family's spaghetti sauce that we celebrate, you know, cultural things that we've always celebrated, but like just dividing people out, you go over here in this corner and you're this type of person and you belong to this group. We're just finding new ways to divide ourselves instead of come together and say, I don't think Dr. King was talking about never addressing race or color, but like to get to a point where that's not the basis of every conversation we're having. And I feel like we've moved backwards in that direction. Hmm. And I also think I think that for a number of reasons, too, the things the things that bother us now, the things that that we pick on, the things that we talk about, you know, I'll bring back. You know what? Let me let me cue this up, because he was talking about this was something that I found. Dr. King gave a speech in 1967 to a group of middle schoolers, Barrett Junior High School in Philadelphia, and he called it Life's Blueprint. And he was talking to these middle schoolers about, you know, how they should, there are three pillars, King said, that you should consider when creating the blueprint for your life, which is how, how are you going to go about and build your life? These are the plans. And here's his first one that he offered to this young audience. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. King's second pillar in life's blueprint, he said, was, quote, determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. And the third was, quote, commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. Don't allow anybody to cause you to lose your self-respect to the point that you do not struggle for justice. However young you are, you have a responsibility to seek to make your nation a better nation in which to live. You have a responsibility to seek to make life better for everybody. And so you must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. It's Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 1967, a speech to Philadelphia school kids. And, you know, he's talking about responsibility not only to yourself, but to your community, to America. And, you know, like where we are, what is the message to young people today? And I, my kids hear it. I have three teenagers. You have kids about mm -hmm. the same yep, age, yep. you know. Find to which aggrieved party you might assign yourself to and exploit your victimization i feel is a message that while maybe perhaps not overtly stated is something that i feel is out there everybody wants to be aggrieved 
Everybody wants to be, you know, this is my terrible story of, of how I was held back in some way. I belong to, you know, whether it is by race, whether it is by gender, whether it is by sexual orientation, whatever thing. Find to which aggrieved party you might assign yourself to and then see what the world owes you. And that was not <laughs> King's message at all. And I feel like we're further away because that stuff is out there. Why is that happening? Well, and I, so I think your question is a valid one. Is that reality or is it just what we're talking about? Is it just what's the reality that's presented to us through the I mean, media? Because, you know what? I'll say this because whenever I have a conversation with anybody, like literally anybody, other than just maybe complaining about work, I don't hear anyone ever like complaining about being a victim. You know what I mean? But like you said, you pop on social media, you pop on TV, that's all you hear or that gets created in some way. I'm not suggesting it's not a thing. I, yeah, I, I think right. your, your point is valid. But I just don't hear that. Like from a day to day, I don't hear like when I'm at school and at a PTO meeting or whatever it happened to be. I'm not. I'm not hearing people talk about how they are victims, but I do see it and hear it, like you refer to. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Would love to talk this through with you. Folks are already texting in, offering their various viewpoints. I just feel like, sadly, we are further away now than we were when I was younger. And maybe you feel the same way from Dr. King's dream as we celebrate his legacy on this Martin Luther King Day across America. Eight twenty-one on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Martin Luther King Jr. Day across America, talking about whether or not we're closer to the dream that Dr. King had for this country now than we were perhaps 10, 20 years ago. I feel like the conversation has moved backwards, and we're in a worse spot in how we talk about race relations. We're in a worse spot about how we divide ourselves up as a country, as opposed to find ways to be unified and reach toward this common goal. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. From 262, I think things are better, but far from perfect. What exists now, it is easy to get information out, so we are seeing all of the injustice as it's harder to hide. Suggesting maybe that, you know, things are no different than they've been, but we just have more that we can see. Um, let's see. Gone are the days of high achievement and present are the days of high aggrievement. That's someone who agrees with you saying that it seems like there's a lot of uh, victim grabbing going on. Uh, let's see. One from the 414. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, let me, let okay, me hit that one. That, this one's a little bit different. This other one. That's a different topic. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> referring to something else you said. You mentioned about uh, high achievement. Let me get you this cut from uh, Dr. King's speech in 1967 again to middle schoolers in Pennsylvania. Don't allow anybody to cause you to lose your self-respect to the point that you do not struggle for justice. Hang on, that was not the one I wanted. This is uh, about uh, staying in school. To study hard, to burn the midnight oil. I would say to you, don't drop out of school. And I understand all of the sociological reasons why we often drop out of school. But I urge you, in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you are forced to live so often with intolerable conditions, stay in school. And when you discover 
what you're going to be in life. Set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. I think that transcends race, black, white, otherwise, in schools today, to the point of whether or not we are encouraging people for high achievement. You know, you hear about schools getting rid of honors programs or getting rid of valedictorians because we don't want to elevate anyone above anyone else. And we think that that's helping kids because then nobody feels bad. Dr. King saying, stay in school, be the best you, whatever that may be. Not everybody's going to be a rocket scientist. He went on to say in that speech, you know, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper they've ever seen. Be great. Right. And his point was like, yes, excellence, achievement. Feel like that's missing from the dream, too. From the 920, the media has some fault in the divide. No question. Here we are. And it's the, the voices it's always that... the he said, she said. Well, yeah. And like, what do we, what do we elevate? Who gets on TV? Who gets on the radio? Those who the ex- speak the loudest. Right. You know, like we, we often joke because people would say, you know, well, how come you do negative news or whatever? And we say the old joke in our, in our business is well, we don't report on when the plane lands. We report on when the plane crashes because right. 99% of the planes land and go about their business, right? It's an oddity when a plane crashes. So the voices that are different than the mainstream probably get elevated more often than they should. But the who are the lawmakers? We'll use that as an example. Yeah, who, who are gets- the lawmakers that you remember? The ones that you think of, the ones that you recall, the ones who speak the craziest or the loudest. The firebrands. Yes. Right? like Because that's how you get noticed. That's how you fundraise. That's how you leave a mark whether or not anyone agrees with it or not it's it's you have to be different so then that becomes louder and louder and that's what you think is the only thing and that's the only opinion there is and here we are 855-616-1620 is the old national bank talk and text line old national bank get old uh, mike is with us this morning thanks for leading us off mike what do you have good morning guys um yeah i completely agree with you guys that i think we've gone backwards now I was a kid in the 70s, so obviously it was kind of after the height of the civil rights movement. And, you know, certainly King was talked about. You know, my school, my parents, my church, they basically said treat everyone the same. They didn't talk about race. They said treat everyone the same. And I think that's what Dr. King wanted. He wanted, you know, no, not a focus on race, but on equality. And I think that the victim mentality has gotten so bad where, and I do think it's, it's mostly blacks saying, we don't have this, we don't have that. And to me, they have more benefits and more opportunity than anybody because there's so many race-based programs, and they like to use terms like, oh, disadvantaged, so they don't have to say black. But I, I just think that it's gone backwards because of all these programs. I don't think that's what Dr. King had in mind. He said, work hard. He meant that for everybody. And yeah, he was probably addressing black kids, but I believe he wanted you know, people to get, you know, to, you know, uh, get along. And I don't think these programs do that. Mike, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate the call. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. And I think now you know, I'll take it outside of, you know, the African-American community and just say our society in general, in terms of the victim mentality is, you know, you can carry that across racial lines. You can oh, carry it across gender yeah. lines. Yeah. You can carry it, like we're separating ourselves out in any way possible to find a way to be like, as, as I say, like an aggrieved party that we've said, you know, one way to get ahead is to, you know, stake a claim in some sort of uh, victimhood 
and therefore you will have this assistance for you because you couldn't possibly do it on your own because you've, you're a member of this aggrieved party, be it race, be it religion, be it gender, whatever it is. And then therefore this help is available to you from the government or from whomever because you can't possibly do it on your own. But do you get the idea that like in your own circles, in your own walks of life that everyone you talk to feels that they're an aggrieved party? Like I just, I don't. I don't get that impression, and I don't just I feel surround it for myself my with the same. Kids coming home, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like, what you know, what, or even in the way they speak, they're in their. What are they outraged over? You know? <laughs> like, so that's our fault. More, that, that's true. Uh, let me get another call in here, quick. Uh, Dave is with us from Racine. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. I will take a thousand Dr. Martin Luther Kings over the current or previous administration. And over what people are taking back now, they are shoving racism down people's throats. Everything has got to be racist, whether it's a host on a television program, uh, a movie, anything. It's got to be racist or it's got to be interracial and uh, guy versus guy. Thanks for the call, Dave. It is uh, 828-855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. I'm going to tell you a story about an exercise I did in high school. Another thing that to me says maybe we're going backwards. I don't know that we could do this today. You you and Pancake laughed at me a little bit when I told you what I did. I've told this story before, but uh, maybe folks will remember it. But um, it was was a, a speech that I gave when I was in high school. And I'm not sure you could give that same speech right now in our current climate. And I also think that that's an... That's a reason why things are going backwards. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty one on Wisconsin's Morning News on this Martin Luther King holiday. We'll tell a story about a speech I gave in high school that I might not be able to give today and why I think that's evidence of the fact that we're moving backwards in terms of whether or not we're still closer or any closer to... Uh, Dr. King's dream, the speech that he delivered back in 1963. So we'll do that uh, after the news. It's 832. 837 on Wisconsin's morning news. That's something probably appropriate for the time of the story that I'm going to tell here about Dr. Martin Luther King. And you know, I've been a fan. It was number one of the charts when this story... <laughs> Just about, okay. right? So All it's right. late 80s, early 90s. And I'm in high school at Tosa East. And one of my favorite projects we ever did, I don't know if I, don't know if I could do today or if I would get... If there would be voices that would say this isn't proper. The assignment was for our speech class, Mr. Streff, was uh, you needed to pick an orator. So pick someone who gave great speeches. You can pick anybody. And you needed to write a speech, a new speech, in his or her voice. So the, the object was try to not write a speech how you would write a speech, but try to assume someone else's voice. Right? Uh, what are the words they might use? What are the phrases they might use? So was the speech itself had to have been something that they would likely have given or yeah. that you perceived that they would give? Yeah, Okay. right. And then, and then you had to not only write it, but then you had to go out and deliver the speech. And I chose Martin Luther King. And my project was I, I wrote a speech that he would deliver in 1969. Wait a minute. 
Yes, 1969. Had he survived the assassination attempt on his life, what might he have said in subsequent speeches? I was really excited to do the project. Now, you guys, when I told you I did that... I was like, whoa, yeah, that seemed a little... So what, it, it was... Pancake, it, Pancake was on that too. Why did you laugh at me for that? Um... <laughs> so, like, my mind first jumped to, like, why are you writing a speech about someone who didn't get killed, I guess? You know what I mean? Like, I thought, like, well, assassination, but he got assassinated. You're, I assume that you're writing from his perspective of, like, oh, he... Like, that's what I saw. Like, wait, you're writing in a... Okay, like, so it wasn't did, what I thought. avoid the fact that he got assassinated was how I interpreted it. E? It just seems like a, it, it could go down a, a dangerous path. Yes, right? Why? Now, I, it was, it was, I thought I wrote a nice speech, and it was all, you know... I think the theme of it was, you know, like, look, this, this happened to me, but I'm still committed to peaceful protest, and if... I think the line that I came up with, and may not even be original, but I thought it was at the time, if we fight fire with fire, all we get is more fire. And I kind of delivered it like I okay. thought King would, and I was, re- I was really proud of it. I got an A. But I wonder, would that be by, maybe not everybody, but by some, and maybe not even African Americans, but by some white people trying to claim that they are you know, more woke than somebody else, that it's cultural appropriation, that you can't have some white kid in the suburbs writing a speech in Dr. King's voice. Hmm. And then delivering it. And then delivering it. And I just, that, that's a sign to me that I would even cause to give pause to that, that maybe we're backwards from where we were in the late 80s, early 90s, that we're not closer. We're taught to separate out. We're criticizing each other. Whereas, you know, I would think, I would hope that was the living out of Dr. King's dream. Here you have some suburban white kid with who grew up in a community that... Yes, by its nature, was not diverse in its residency, but at least in our transfer program, I had black friends and black teammates from kindergarten on. And we achieved some level of diversity. Was it, you know, 80-20, like the actual population reflects? No, of course not. But there was some level of diversity and that, that you had a, a, a kid like me who grew up like that, who looked to an African-American civil rights leader and said, there's someone to whom I aspire to be like. And that now today, I would think uh, some people might take offense to that. I feel like that moves us backwards. Do you still have the essay? I, I feel like I do, but uh, I didn't. I literally didn't bring it because I didn't want to read it because I thought, you know, like there was that chance of like somebody, yeah, here, somebody just sent, sent in on the old National Bank talk and text line. How have you not been canceled? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think they were being facetious. But exactly my point. We got to cancel this guy. It's cultural appropriation. It's not right. It's not whatever. Can't have this. Can't have this exercise. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I would react if my 16-year-old came home with that assignment. And again, the assignment was pick any orator. Yeah, That's who right, I right, chose. Right. And you right? chose him yeah. because you looked up to him. You believed, to be, you believed him to be a strong orator. I could uh, see in today's world, speaker. right, somebody gets bent out of shape over it. They light up the principal, they light up the teacher, they light up the superintendent, they're at the school board, now we got protests, now we got signs, now everybody this people, everybody needs to be fired. I don't know what would have happened to the kid. I guess you could say the kid was, I don't know, he was just doing his assignment. Shouldn't have been allowed to do the assignment. I feel well, like he was that's... a great speaker. His words were, I mean, his philosophy and his words ring true regardless of, 
of color, right? Do I you, mean, Deb, do you see like though, like the scenario in oh, which I drew I up? I could totally see that. Totally could play totally out see today. That. But my thing would be like, it, 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 just if you just listen to the words, they ring true. It's not like it's not like they're making up stuff or anything like that. They ring true, regardless of who said it. So, if you go from the philosophy point of view and use that aspect of it, you know that's kind. I think that's kind of what Dr. Martin Luther King was going after, wasn't he? I mean, the concepts. It's I not hope who so. it is. It's the concepts. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. That's the the basis for why I say I feel like we've moved backwards. And maybe and maybe Eric, you're right. Maybe the place that we've moved backwards is in media here and in the cable news and certainly in social media um that's moved us backwards but maybe the majority of us are in a better place well it i i feel like the majority of us are but i do feel like there's this you know what you talk about the kid you being the kid in this case i am the kid if if it was 2023 and and you the kid was reading that then i fully believe the cynic in me is that you would be the pawn yeah you would be the pawn that others would take advantage of to Bring Exploit. up any, any matter of different points. Exactly. And Whatever that's the their agenda that bugs is. me. Yeah. And then that's where we always, get, you know, we get into this is where something that's fairly innocent. And I'm not talking, it doesn't even have to be a racial thing. Just in general, things happen, things are said, something is done. And then all of a sudden, everyone's got an opinion on it. And, and kid is awful or his parents are terrible or, you know, right. the t- teacher How was could the parents you know, listen to the teacher? You know, right. And, and it blows and up. And that again is where we just come up with this idea of victimhood all the time where, I really don't think most of us think that way. It happens, and it's how you get attention, but I really think the majority of us don't feel aggrieved. I feel like we go about our days and do our things. I just, I don't, I see it on TV or maybe read it on a computer. I read it on I, the text line. Yeah, or on the text line, but this I do not. This thing you just said offended me. Why? But you I know, do like, not right. see it face to face, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm just ignorant. It's very possible, but I just, I'm never, whenever I talk to anybody, whatever creed, whatever color, age, or anything, no one is ever talking to me like, I see him on TV or how I read about him. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. something different there. I think most of us are living and trying to, trying to make do. I hope so. One final thing in an area that I feel like we also have moved backwards on from Dr. King. You mentioned the peaceful protesting and this uh, speech, that the deep cut that I found. It's not a speech that we talk much about. 1967, a speech Martin Luther King to some middle schoolers in Philadelphia. And here's what he said on his commitment to peaceful protesting. But I believe as we struggle with these problems, we've got to struggle with them with a method that can be militant, but at the same time does not destroy life or property. And so our slogan must not be burn, baby, burn. It must be build, baby, build. Yes, our slogan must be Learn, baby, learn, so that we can earn, baby, earn. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in a speech to Philadelphia school kids in 1967. 8.46 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock on Wisconsin's Morning News, Eric had an epic Datterday fail, which, you know, we don't get Datterday all that often. It's when Dad's in charge and all the kids are doing whatever it is that you're going right, to do. Right, yeah. You're setting the agenda. You get to make the decision, yeah. 
So my wife's out of town. She's in Phoenix and uh, always have a ton of things going on on the weekends. You know how that goes, whether, you know, soccer, different appointments, organizational stuff, whatever. So I saw that we had a chunk of time on Saturday, early in the day. Little window. Yeah. To go see Avatar. Now, my kids hadn't seen the first one. Um, but I was like, ah, you know what? They'll like, the, you know, who knows how much it goes back to the first movie anyway. I think they'll enjoy it. There's a lot of, you know, action and cool, cool video and footage and filming and stuff. Plus, who doesn't go to a movie with dad? Yeah, Dad's right? taking Come us on. to a movie. Yeah, I'll buy you some popcorn. Plus, you're a big sucker, so you'll buy yeah, him the popcorn, of course, right? Of course. <laughs> so my 13-year-old, it's just his nature is, he's like, hmm, I what? don't know. What, no good? Yeah, he's like, oh. I don't know if I want to go. I'm like, what, are you going to hang home? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I it's a three-hour movie. I'm like, dude, what do you got going on? Come on. Right. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, hey, it's even if you don't like the story or if the story doesn't do much for you, I'm like, this they, they waited to film this with new technology to make it even cooler. The 3D is going to be out of this world. Good pitch. Yeah, all this stuff. I'm like, so you're going to see, and he's a big artistic design yeah. kind of guy anyway. I'm like, you're going to see like awesome imaginary creative stuff from this director who's pretty cool. This is a spectacle. Yeah, you're going to appreciate it. Yeah, okay. even if you think this storyline's kind of tacky, you're going to appreciate right. everything about it. He's like, all right, okay, I'm in. In 3D, man. Yeah. So I go and I look and I'm like, okay, perfect. A ton of stuff going on on Saturday, but we can get a noon show. Good. At the Majestic, we'll crank it out and then we'll get, uh, uh, we have other stuff happening. Go on the we'll app, bing, care. bing, yeah. bing. We, we have bought the tickets. It, go. So I'm like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, we're driving down there and like it's talking Saturday. Through. Saturday yeah. is on. I'm kind of walking them through what happened in the first one just so they have nice. an idea, so they're not completely confused or anything like that. And by the way, they weren't. They loved it. Um, we get in there, and I show the lady who takes your tickets my QR code on my phone. I'm like, here you go, ma'am. Yep. And she goes, okay, right this way. I'm like, oh, thanks. So I go and I reach down because there's a big bin of like the plastic uh, glasses that you yeah. wear. So it usually comes down. in a little baggie, yep. right? Yep. So it's yep. nice. So yes, it's nice these and clean, clean and all that stuff. Good. So I grab mine and I motion to the kids to grab their yeah. glasses. And she goes, oh, oh, sorry, you don't need those. And you I'm don't? like, oh, I thought, pretty sure it's a 3D movie, right? And she goes, oh, no, no, the, the, you, you brought a film. You, you bought a session, a screening that doesn't need the 3D glasses. <laughs> Yours is just 2D. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My kid looks at me. He's like, what? what? He's, like, well, he's like, well, how do you see you it in 3D? Said- I'm like, oh, well, I can't. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, so dad we, made a mistake okay <laughs> everybody back in the car so i had to explain to him I'm like look so then you know the question is asked well can you buy can we go to the other one well, upcharge like, upgrade well, no we can't like we can't just buy new tickets and it's at a one o'clock show and that's going to screw up our other plans and so we had to go watch it in <laughs> you two screwed days. that all up. <laughs> it was fine it was fine but yeah did, they, did you get a box of snow caps then also <laughs> since you screwed up all right since dad screwed up I did buy Everybody gets two popcorn giant and candy. buckets. No, I didn't. I did not. I did not <laughs> fall for that. But no, they they were fed very well during the movie, and they liked it anyway. Yeah, they thought it was good. I mean, it's a unique film. It's a, it's not for everybody, but I thought it was good. Um, there were some moments that they asked me questions about. If you if kids aren't going to remember unless yeah. they just had seen the other one. They're not going to remember some of it, but whatever. I have to say, I'm not. I'm not generally a huge fan of 3D. But when the Star Wars were all coming out in yeah. that train of Star Wars, and I think just to get in one time, right? It was a timing thing of like, I don't really need the 3D, whatever. We saw one of the first ones. Maybe it was seven. We saw that just in regular basic. I just needed to get there as soon as possible. Yeah. And then we saw it again. Everybody wanted to see it again, so we saw it again. Like, all right, we'll do the 3D. Big deal. It made a difference. Yeah, it I was is, like, right? whoa. And that's why I wanted to see this yeah. one, because I've heard it's like new tech a little bit and some of that. And you could tell watching it, 
where they were obviously utilizing the 3D feature that we weren't <laughs> yeah. enjoying because we were just watching it. But I was like, oh, man, that stuff would be floating right there in front of us. Nice going, Dad. <laughs> yeah. 8.54 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Fifty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning. Uh, Steve Scafidi is out. Your former state senator, Dale Coinga, is with us and is going to take you through three hours of the program this morning. Great to see you, Dale. Yeah, it's good to be here. What are we talking about today? Oh, my on, gosh. What's on the big show? Well, I have a longer list than we probably have time to get to. But we have a lot That's of That's a good problem to have, let me we, tell you. <laughs> we have tons of guests. We have tons of topics. And I was just talking to Brandon in the hallway, who's a producer. Yeah. And he's also a, a veteran himself. And so we're probably going to go heavy on some defense talk because cool. you talk what you're passionate about, talk what you know about. So we'll talk a lot about that. But just some fun Milwaukee stuff. You know, I start a new job tomorrow, so we're just going to talk the business of America's business and Milwaukee business. And you guys have an awesome studio down here in this this new place in Milwaukee. Want to give people a teaser to get down here with your if you're a single person or if you're a grandparent with grandkids, get down here, yeah. play some shuffleboard, have a drink. Uh, buy some Milwaukee swag. Uh, fun stuff down here. Great place to watch a game, too. I mean, you were here during World Cup a little bit, E, right? Oh, you know, awesome. like So many screens Just around the bar the area and yeah. stuff. And then it's it's kind of that open feel, so you get you know you don't have to feel like you're stuck in your seat the whole time. Well, I, I was comparing your space here. I mean, we have the window here, and it's, it's quiet down here today. Yeah. Um, but your old studios was like you were almost in a top secret facility where it was a ring, the ring <laughs> yes. to get there, the barbed wire fence, and then you go to the front day and then you go in and it was like a padded room and like a bunker. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was a studio, it's radio, but a lot different vibe and feel than this. Every once in a while, we feel like we want to be back there though. Do you? <laughs> well, I like the window, Depends on the but topic. I also said the windows, the window could be distracted. And I have right. too many friends and I have too many friends that are still goofballs. Yeah. And I could see them doing the, you know, the blowfish on the window while I'm trying to focus <laughs> right. on a heavy please, topic. Please alert us if that starts happening. <laughs> I want to be here for it. Yeah. So we're going to get a shot though. There, I usually only do things where there's a height advantage. Um, and at six, seven, there's no height advantage in radio, unfortunately, but we're going to give it a shot. And see what happens. Dale Coinga is in for Steve Scafidi. That's next on WTMJ.